2: Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Corey Friedman, and a late-arriving Ryan Herrera oh, who valeted his car. <laughs> and the man in the box, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Greg Huss, the expert on Cubs prospects from the new podcast, Cubs on deck, which by the way is a great name, Greg. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Uh, how's how's it going with the new pod? we we like to keep all the podcasts friendly.
1: It's good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm 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 excited to get this thing going. We have one show up, uh, Brian Smith, which you guys have had on a couple different times, I think. Right uh, yep. from Bleacher Nation was a co-host uh, with me on that first show, but it's just it's just prospects all the time. That's all I, I that's all I do anyways is just talk about <laughs> prospects all the time. So. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to get this thing going, and, and uh, we'll be out pretty frequently throughout the off season. Get some guests on, all that good stuff. But man, I'm 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 loving right now with a lot of prospect conversation. So,
3: uh, can I make a request, Greg? Hell that yeah. you know, you know, I'm not like some guru for you. you like I use you for like your tweets. <laughs> you send a positive tweet about DJ Hers or whoever, and I'm like, all right, I'm in, because if yeah. you if you're saying so, then I'm in. So, I'm, my request is the first or second or third or whenever you want, honestly. The first, one of those times when you get an actual prospect on the pod, I would like to co host with you.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome, dude. I mean, because I, I would just love to talk too. to I, them. I know <laughs> that, I know that like people love hearing from the players too, right? I mean, I, that, that's part of like why I do this is like kind of connecting people to those prospects so they're not just like, Prospects are actually actual human beings, so yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I'd love that.
3: We could do that, and then I could then sway them into coming onto this podcast, and then we just start a whole trail of, you know, yeah, you get where I'm coming from here,
0: Greg. I will volunteer (laughs) my services when you talk to Jordan Wogu for obvious Uh, reasons. I
1: I, I figured, yeah. Well, you're you're not as much on the on the Brandon Hughes bandwagon, the Michigan State guy, or I don't want to talk about that.
0: We're not going to talk about that, Craig.
2: We've spent a couple minutes here just letting Ryan catch his breath. I see his chest going. (laughs) I sprinted. You know how much cardio I did in that last, like, two minutes? Up and down the stairs. More than I've
4: done in the last, like, three months. How did it all go? You
2: got your car parked safely? I parked.
4: This is the tightest parking garage I've ever experienced in my
2: entire life. We're good. All right. No tow. Everything's safe. So, happy uh, Rule 5 Protection Day. Right? Brandon says, happy Rule 5 Protection Day to all those who celebrate. I know that... Greg does, and this is a big day for Cubs fans that maybe are not as into, like, rosters and specific moves and the inner workings of a baseball team than maybe Greg is. This is an important day because you have to protect a certain amount of players. If you don't, they're eligible to the Rule 5 draft next month, and so that usually lends to this day creating some trades. Like... Teams are thinking, all right, if we have to create a space, let's get rid of somebody. Or if they know they're going to have somebody who's likely to be taken, they'd at least make the move of that prospect to try and trade him for somebody else. So I guess, Greg, the first thing, I don't want to date the podcast too much, but in your opinion, who should the Cubs absolutely be protecting? Now, you know, like Nico Horner's an obvious one, but what prospects that are in the system do you say, okay, this guy cannot be unprotected today, and then vice versa. What guys maybe would you keep available at least?
1: Yeah, so it really helped uh, that Hayden Woznieski and Jeremiah Estrada were added to the major league roster at the end of the the regular season because we don't have to worry about those guys; they're already added. So really, at leaves three three players that are no brainers; they will be added to the forty man roster. Um, the deadline's uh, 5 p.m., I believe, and yep. so it'll be announced at 4.59, I'm sure, by the Chicago Cubs because that's how it works. Um, <laughs> and it'll be Brendan Davis, Kevin Alcantara, and Ben Brown. So, I mean, Kevin uh, uh, Brendan Davis has been on people's radars for plenty of time. That's a no-brainer. Even given his rough season this past year, doesn't matter. He's the top prospect in the system. He'll be added. Um, Kevin Alcantara may be the highest upside of anyone in the entire system, and one of the highest upsides in all of baseball entirely. So you, you can't risk losing a guy like him in the Rule 5 draft. And then Ben Brown was acquired this year for David Robertson. And so you kind of, as you're acquiring a guy like Ben Brown, you are well aware that he's Rule 5 eligible going into the offseason. And you have the mindset of planning on protecting him, especially when he was a major piece acquired at the deadline this year.
2: Okay, so who might be... Kind of borderline at this yeah. point where you say, okay, this guy could be left available and either A, he could get picked up or B, you know, not everybody that's eligible for the Rule 5 draft is going to get taken off your team. So that, yeah. that's one thing to keep in mind.
1: I'll I'll try not to get too often awful, awful nerdy. Uh, if you guys want to get all the deep dives, then you can check out <laughs> Cubs on Deck because Brian and yes. I went into like absurd levels of detail on that <laughs> on that show. Uh, but really, what you're trying to do, like at, from the Cubs front office office mindset, right, is you're trying to protect who you think another club might select away from you in the Rule of Five. So just because a guy had a really good year in 2022, that does not necessarily mean they're going to get added to the 40-man roster here today. You're you're Trying to dive into the mindset of other front offices and say will this team draft him and utilize him and keep him on the major league roster for the entire year in 2023 and so you you kind of by default look at guys that can carve out roles and the the first place you look are relievers that pump gas right you can always use a guy like that in your bullpen you can even hide him a little bit in your bullpen if you want to you have a guy like cam sanders who was recently converted to the bullpen he's a good example of a guy who might get selected away from you in the Rule of Five draft. Uh, Dennis Correa is another guy that pumps triple digits on the gun and it has a really good uh, slider as well. And so those guys, even if they're not quite ready for the big leagues yet, they still have the nasty stuff that can like you can get away with some stuff at the big league level even. Um, so those are two guys in the bullpen. And then in that same breath, you got a guy like Ryan Jensen, who was a first round pick by this organization He's been used as a starting pitcher up to this point. But if he gets drafted and converted to the bullpen, you're letting that triple digits uh, fastball eat in the bullpen. He does have some good off speed offerings. And you kind of go in with the mindset of, okay, you can convert him back to the, to the uh, starting rotation in future years if you want to, but you kind of hide him in the bullpen uh, for a year and utilize him and, and let that stuff play up a little bit. So you got two big relievers. Um, and then Ryan Jensen is that starter that can be turned in, into into a reliever um, at the big league level.
0: And if I'm correct, Greg, as we're recording this with all the moves the Cubs made, and I think the last one yesterday would have been Hayward, that yes. took us to what, 33? 33. So the Cubs have seven open slots at the moment?
1: Yeah, and, and they won't use all of those slots right. to protect guys here, right? So I, I think this is just this is an exceptionally strange season as far as rule five draft and 40-man roster protection because there wasn't a rule five draft last year so there's double the amount of guys eligible for the rule five draft as what we've seen in past years um and because of that it's just a lot of teams are dealing with this roster crunch that we've talked about the cubs have a lot of um but there's plenty of other teams that have the same issue um throughout the league so uh we're looking at those three I'm, I'm i'm guessing that four players will probably get protected um those three that i named and then probably one more guy uh, i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be entirely surprised if they go up to five but any more than five is just we should have zero expectations that six plus guys are getting protected um today this afternoon
4: yeah greg my question uh, also regarding the rule five draft is like so I know it got, it got moved up a few days from what we were expecting, I think the 18th, and then all of a sudden it's the 15th, yeah. right? Um, but you got that, you got the, the qualifying offer deadline, um, and then you got like free agency that opened five days ago. How much does the Rule 5 draft – how, how much do all those things affect each other, but specifically how the Rule 5 draft affects like when, how, how the Cubs are approaching free agency and the speed with which they're trying to go out and, and sign some of those guys on the market?
1: Yeah, it's kind of wild. I mean cuz you you have like you have to keep those 40 man spots open if you're planning on signing one of these free agents. And it kind of depends like you have to even if if as the cubs they're not intending on signing a um, signing one of these shortstops until later on <clears> down <throat> the road, you still have to account for those spots. And in case the market moves a little bit faster than you're expecting, that's those those, those spots need to be taken care of and and they need to be left open. So mm-hmm. That's that's the main reason why you're not adding seven guys here today, seven prospects. Which there's seven. There you could very easily add seven very talented prospects to the forty man roster. This is a very deep class of eligible prospects the Cubs have right now. But it's just it it's not because it's not going to happen because of roster construction uh, problems. Mm-hmm. So so strong... what you're saying is
2: they need to save room today for the Correa move tomorrow. And then the judge move after that, and then, of course, the Trey Turner move the following day sure. after that. It's
1: all a part of the game plan, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's That's also, for whatever like reason, is. a very
0: strong anti-Rowan Wick uh, sentiment building in the chat.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of anti-Rowan Wick in the chat all season. All season. So. But that actually is a, it brings
0: me to another good question. Do you foresee,
4: on the major league roster, any other guys like – Getting pretty much, you know, getting released. We've got Rowan Wick. We know was maybe sort of on the bubble there towards the end of the season. He's still, he's still around. I mean, Ortega also was a bubble guy. Like, do you foresee any other moves made to open up spots on the 40-man, whether today yeah. or in the Bodie, coming like, future?
2: Bodie's another name, right? Too yeah. like, off. Oh, right. Bodie's he's off already, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Bodie was oh, yeah, was uh, righted, was waived uh, and right, cleared yeah. Okay, yeah, but. <laughs>
1: It feels like it feels like those moves would, would have already been taken care of, and that wouldn't be handled again today. But like that's a, that's very possible. I, I mean, I'm looking at like Rafael Ortega, and mm-hmm. that's the first one that comes to mind to me, especially with all the rumors about the Cubs potentially going out and getting a like a defensive first center fielder. Um, if you're going after a defensive first center field, like a, not a long term answer in center field, it feels like whoever you bring in will kind of take that role of Rafael Ortega, you know? I mean, like we went into the 2022 with Ortega kind of serving as the, he's going to be in center field. He'll hold over until Brennan Davis comes up, right? And I think as far as Brennan Davis goes, we're in the same position entering 2023 as we were in 2022. So like if they're going to bring in a center fielder to play that exact same role, why is Rafael Ortega Mm -hmm. still on the roster at this point? so that that's the first guy I go to um, and that opens up another spot and then that's potentially another guy that can be added to the 40 man roster in terms of prospects if Ortega gets removed
4: yeah that's that's another thing I'm thinking of is like maybe not now if, if they don't plan on wanting more than like seven six or seven prospects uh, added to the 40 man but definitely as free agents the, those spots will be end up being used for free agents whether that's you know they end up with two after today and they can sign two free agents quickly and then they have to start releasing guys i think that's what it comes down to is when do they want to get those free agents who they're going to be um, and yeah like you you mentioned the center fielder if they, if they don't get one like ortega is maybe may the option for center field for a little bit next season
1: yeah and and something small to kind of take into account too is is that because the Cubs have all these really good prospects and some that they can't protect from the Rule Five draft, other teams have that issue too. So, mm-hmm. in order to draft a guy in the Rule Five draft, you have to have an open forty man forty man roster spot. So, if they want to go out and draft somebody, um, and if the roster kind of allows for that to happen, then they have to have that forty man roster spot open to take somebody from the Rays or take somebody from the Dodgers or anything like that.
3: Yeah, um, I like Tom's comment. He's uh... Said Viscaino, I'm guessing, is still MIA. And it's just been a very, like, no one knows what's going on with him. We, I, I'm just going to assume the Cubs are eventually just going to cut him because he just didn't show up. Um, I guess leading into that, like, who's some guys that you feel like the Cubs aren't going to be able to put on the 40-man that are, you're afraid that they might lose in the Rule 5 draft?
1: Yeah, I, I'd say that that the first guy is Cam Sanders. Cam Sanders just has that vibe where like he he will not be protected from the Rule Five draft, but it's almost surely he will be selected. I I just I don't know why I just I have that vibe with with Cam Sanders for sure. Um, then there's some other guys too that are like we're we're not kind of talking about as the Cubs will for sure protect, but a team might take a chance on a guy like Jake Reindl who has not been in the upper levels of the minors he's a relief only prospect like he's only a reliever and he kind of just took off this year um he has a slider that i i argue that his slider is the best slider in the entire farm system uh jake reindles and teams go after in the rule five draft things that stand out whether it's a quirk whether it's it's a, a, a one really talented part of your game and Jake Randall has that. I know that he hasn't been in the upper minors. I know that he hasn't. Uh, he kind of. He's an older guy for a reliever, but he's a guy that feels like a team. I, I tweeted the other day, and it feel the the protection process from the Rule Five Draft. It just feels like one big game of like who will the Tampa Bay Rays take and make a stunt? And <laughs> I, I when I look at a guy like like uh, uh, Jake Reindel, I see a guy that the Rays could make a stud. Or uh, same goes for Cam Sanders. Same goes for Ryan Jensen if they convert him to the bullpen. So I I think there's some guys, and and that's just that's been my mindset as I've been thinking about this Rule of Five draft, which is kind of weird to think about. But the Tampa Bay Rays have been really, really damn good at that, this whole process, you know?
2: But isn't this also sort of a, a sign of better things to come you want to worry about the franchise you root for having to lose guys in the Rule Five Draft because that means they're starting to stockpile talent yeah. uh, at different levels. You don't want you don't want to be the team that has no worries about the Rule Five Draft because that means you have no players that other teams yeah. might want. Like this is while it's a difficult day for the players that will be unprotected or are worrying about being unprotected and it's a difficult day for the Cubs' front office in trying to make those right moves, it is a good day for Cubs fans because you're starting to see that there's more talent in the system from top to bottom. So while everybody's worried about Cam Sanders and who else might be unprotected, just remember that this is part of the process of building a winner. And it's Mm -hmm. a good sign today that the Cubs are thinking – and making difficult decisions about guys, as opposed to being like, "Well, we'll just leave all these guys unprotected." And <laughs> this this is there. the good alternative. Yeah, this that, is what you want. That's
4: what yeah. Jed has said. That it's this is a good problem to have. You'd rather have too many good players that you can't put them all in the forty man than to not have enough and not have any, and then you don't have to worry about we're right. putting on the forty man because none of them are really that worth it, right? Like Jed has said, it's a good problem to have, and and I <clears throat> assume every like you know, I'm Greg you agree like i i look at it as like yeah you don't if you're the cubs you don't want to lose any of these guys but the fact that you have so many is obviously a positive over a
1: negative and, and i've kind of hit on a lot of the like the pitchers because that those are typically the guys that are selected in the rule five. i mean there, there's there's all there's always some position players as well but predominantly it's it's kind of dominated by pitchers being selected so that's why i've kind of geared towards those guys but i mean there's some position players that are kind of fringe guys too oh, yeah. i know darius hill there's Always a lot. Whenever I'm writing anything or, or podcasting or anything, there's a lot of comments about Darius Hill because they point to the performance that he had in the minors this year, uh, tied for the minor league lead in, in total hits over the course of the season. So like, th- there's guys that are that are friend, that are fringy in terms of position players too. Chase Strump is another guy that I think kind of warrants discussion to being added. That's another guy that he was drafted in the second round, and he uh, shows some some really solid power uh but just strikes out a ton and um but when he was drafted when chase trump was drafted he was drafted as a contact guy like drafted as a hit tool um so you kinda you always hold on hope that he can go back to uh go back to that hit tool while still carrying that power to a certain degree so i've kind of leaned on the pitchers but the the hitters are there too
2: yeah interesting uh you know another thing is with like the rule five draft in general we would have in the chat fans fired up about why a certain guy was playing on a certain day on a game when the season was over and you were like, why is this guy in here? Well, that was part of the evaluation Uh process too, specifically for a day like today. Using Ortega as the example, he had plenty of opportunities this year to show you whether or not he's more valuable to this franchise than say Darius Hill, right? Like, so Uh that's part of the Cubs evaluation process. They wanted to see it in live action, even though the games didn't matter to, you know, unless you were betting on it like Cody, uh, (laughs) at some point the games didn't matter. Uh, Remember that's some of those angry decisions that we were all scratching our head going, why today's part of the reason why. Absolutely. Yeah. So we can see where those prospects go. Um, Do you think (laughs) the one rumor we heard this week is that the Rays were in a similar situation to the Cubs trying to protect certain guys on their roster and that that had started multiple in-depth trade discussions with other teams, including the Cubs, Reds, and who was the other team? Angels. Angels Angels. on pitching. Uh, Do you think that somebody will make a big trade? One of the teams will make a trade of a player of significant name at some point. Glasnow being the name I'm thinking of.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've grown accustomed to over the past year, over past years seeing a lot of like minor tinkering type trades on today, you know. And I I think that it's fun to kind of dream on Glasnow or like it's fun to dream on big names, but I feel like today there's so much wrapped into today de- into today and like making the roster fit, not not even like perfecting the roster and making it as playoff caliber as possible. It's like just making it fit within these 40 names and not losing guys. And so I, I think that's where you see a whole bunch of like the just like the little tinker trades, right? You see the guys on the, on the back end of the 40 man roster, the the Alfonso Rivas, the um, guys like Rowan Wick, guys like that, where we need to clear some space and a team feels like they can do something with Rowan Wick and you just roll with that. So I, I'm not holding out hope by any means that there's going to be a big splash trade today. I think if that happened, I would be, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if that yeah. happened. I feel like
4: another thing you might see is is teams that have you know like the Cubs that have kind of an overload of forty man eligible prospects may end up trading one of those guys away for to another team for another minor league that is not yet for uh, rule five eligible. Correct? You,
1: you see, you see, like a like the Cubs are not willing to protect a guy like Cam Sanders, but they might be willing to protect a guy who plays the outfield, um, and. Two, like you're you're so you're dealing with two different Rule Five eligible prospects that need to be added to a forty man roster, um, and you just trade with an, with another team because you're more likely to add a guy. I know like you had uh, Greg Zumak on on the show last week, and he's been pulling for uh, Dominic Fletcher from from mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks. So maybe the Diamondbacks aren't willing to add a guy like Dominic Fletcher to the forty uh, man roster because of their roster construction, but the Cubs are, uh, and maybe the the Diamondbacks are willing to add Cam Sanders, but the Cubs are not. So. That's that's the kind of like what you fr- uh, said, Ryan. Is that that's that's what I kind of see happening today.
0: Okay. Well, so Greg, uh, one question I have for you is like, as a big prospect, I know you want the the major league team to do well and be successful, right? It they they kind of go together, but like, I'm talking to uh, our good friend Brendan over the last couple <laughs> days, who has very quickly talked himself into Tyler Glass. Now he went from like, oh, the Rays are. Interested in making trades to, like, he's digging into Tyler Glass. It's happening. He's, like, so fixated on it. But what I'm curious for you, Greg, is, like, when rumors like that start to go around and you start to see stuff kicked around like that, a potential big trade, are are you extra, like, nervous on a day like today just because it feels like the Cubs at least – I know you're you're talking maybe smaller trades, stuff that isn't that significant, but do you get – a little on edge on a day like today, just not knowing if something big could go down with, you know, guys you've been covering for this long.
1: Yeah. I mean, I spend the entire summer uh, covering these minor league prospects. And so like, by default, I just get a little bit more in tune with what they're doing and and excited about seeing them make their way up to the bigs. And that was something we kind of laid out me and Brian on that first episode of Cubs on deck is just that, like we want to bring kind of the human element to this prospect coverage. And by default, like I'm not, I'm. I have not once like tried to like portray myself as like a reporter on the minor league system. I, like I'm a fan covering this minor league system, and so I'm rooting for these guys to to do as well as they possibly can. You know, I want to see them make it to the big leagues, and I and, and because I'm a Cubs fan, I want to see them make it to the big leagues with the Cubs and help out the big league team. Uh, but the Rule Five draft is really weird when it comes to that for me. You know, because uh, if a guy doesn't get protected in this, in, for the, from the Rule Five draft and added to the forty man roster today, then you're looking at uh, he he's stuck right where hopefully mm-hmm. at that point like for his career that he gets he does get selected in the rule five draft because then he can pursue his major league career yeah. after that if that doesn't happen then he's in the minors you know so i have a, a weird like attachment with these prospects and i'm i'll be like the first to admit that you know what i mean so uh i as a cubs fan i want to see them perform well in the big leagues i just i'd love for it to be with the cubs <laughs> <laughs> uh, last
3: time you were on the show greg it was I think it was the first month of Christopher Morrell's career. And we were sitting here, and I was I was dreaming about all the good things, potentially. And he came back down to earth. And, you know, he had his ups and he had his downs. Um, but at, at this point now, you know, I think all the things that we've said about him in terms of what we're worried about is probably the strikeout rate. Um, as someone who followed him in the minors where he showed that he could really adjust – And cut down on the strikeouts do you do you think going into year two he can really get better at that like he did in the minors or do you think what we've seen is basically what he is um where is your stance on that because you've you've seen him a lot more than i than than we have considering we've just seen him on the major league team as long as he hasn't
4: been traded uh this (laughs) offseason is what he means right as he's still with the team (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's kind of wild with Morrell. I mean, because I, I, I had ranked him lower than most people um, this year. Right. And with that, when he came up and started killing it with the big league team, I was like, oh, damn, like, have I have I com- like severely underrated Christopher Morrell as a prospect? Uh, and then he came back down to earth. And that was more like the, that. I guess the streakiness to a certain level. I and mean, I, I think that was more what I was expecting. You know what I mean? And I, I think that I, I've said for the last few years or so that I, I see Morel. Like I, I don't think he has a full-time starting spot on a playoff contending team. I think that he's a utility man that logs a lot of at-bats throughout the year because he plays center field, because he plays third base, he, set, he plays some second. He can play shortstop if you absolutely need him to. And I think that's where his value comes, is that flexibility and his ability to play those positions pretty damn well on defense, too. It's not just like he's just playing there just to play there. like He's, he's pretty damn good out there. So that's where his value comes. And then, like, offensively, it's just like anything offensively is icing on the cake to a certain degree, you know. And uh, that streakiness with the bat's always going to be there with Morrell, I feel like. And I'm just hoping that he can kind of continue to draw walks at a decent clip because that, like, that raises his value an insane amount is being able to draw walks because he's going to strike out a decent amount. He hits the ball hard as hell. Like, he, his exit velocity numbers are crazy. So if he can walk, that makes his value – go way up, you know?
2: And that's the reason why, personally for me, I don't want to cap his talent level, like how far he can go, but you know that the Cubs have set limits for, or ceilings for where they think certain players can be, even after they see them at the major league level for a little bit, and that's why you see, when you see rumors, it's mostly us, you know, like Mm -hmm. throwing these names out, but when someone mentions glass now they're like well Keegan Thompson and Christopher Morrell the question is do other teams value Christopher Morrell as much as Cubs fans do after watching him for you know a good portion of the season and loving his personality and what he brings to there's no question he has value to a major league team the question is does he have the value that Cubs fans think or does he have the value of what other teams think and that's that's when you Listen, we mentioned it on the other podcast. We, I said Glass now, and somebody said, okay, Keegan Thompson and Christopher Morrell, and I said, deal done. In, in my eyes. And that's nothing against those two guys. It's just where, after watching a lot of games, I think Keegan's ceiling might be higher than Christopher Morrell's, even though he's older. But you can see he has a really valuable role in the bullpen if he continues to pitch that way. Morrell, like Greg is saying, maybe the offense is a little bit streaky, well, that's not somebody you're going to label as untradeable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you don't like them in your franchise. I'm just saying if another team asks about them, you're not going to be like, no, 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 no. Like you will meet fans and some are in the chat. And that, I'm not saying they're wrong about this, but that's why I don't say somebody is untradeable.
0: and yeah. Yeah. I think like last year is it creates an interesting situation for fans. Um, if you're, Removing a lot of the analysis from it because, you know, we know the team isn't going to be great. We're still going to Wrigley Field and trying to have a good time. And you develop a real connection with those guys. Like Christopher Morell was one of the main and, you know, if we were doing like a top 10, like, I don't even know if there were 10 fun things last year, right? Like Christopher Morell was a huge part of that. So I get that it creates like this sense of attachment, but we're transitioning hopefully into an era where this team is going to be more focused on winning a lot of games and competing with the Cardinals for the division. And that changes what your needs are. Right. right. But like, I do mm-hmm. get it, you know, like watching Keegan Thompson was one of the most important thing. We just spent a whole year basically like, primarily focused on yes. Keegan Thompson. So like when you see his name in a trade, it's like, ah, oh, like, I don't know how I feel about that. He was the, you know, the most talked about thing for us for an entire season. But mm-hmm. you know, Priorities change, right? But you have to I kind of like take the, take the heart out of it a little bit sometimes. And it's
2: how I felt about Efros going into the <laughs> trade deadline, Sure, <laughs> But like right. it, it turns out that that was a pretty good move. right? Yeah. At least that's the way it looks. Um, we're and talking I, with— I think uh, that, Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Oh,
1: I, I think that kind of what you guys are getting at, too, is, is one of the reasons why I've been pounding the drum for a long time about how the Cubs shouldn't be focused on making trades for elite talent. They should be going out and signing these, these players because they have the money to do so right Mm -hmm. you you have a lot of you have a lot on this roster whether it's it's currently in the minors coming up soon or currently there in the big leagues you have guys that are really good complimentary pieces right I think Christopher Morrell as a utility guy is a good complimentary piece I, I think you have like I think Nico Horner while I want him to be a superstar I think he's a a damn good complimentary piece go on there there's elite talent out on the free agent market right now you have money to spend Go out and buy those players. You don't need to trade from your complementary pieces. You don't need to trade a Keegan Thompson, a Christopher Morrell, plus whatever else for Tyler Glasnow. just go out and sign Jacob Degrom for a couple of years. Yeah, it's just it, <laughs> there, there's talent out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe not Jacob Degrom, but whoever it might be. I think that is, that's especially the case for a lot of the, the the hitting talent. I don't think you need to trade for any hitting talent at all. Go mm-hmm. out and sign some of these guys. Wilson oh, like- Contreras is out there. If he's if he's projected the amount that. If he's going to get them out that he's been projected a lot of place, bring Wilson Contreras back because we know the that that's good.
2: Yeah, hey, you don't have to trade anybody for Carlos Correa, and we will get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, but all this talk of prospects has me thinking I'm getting hungry. And Greenridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating. We had their bratwurst and... Uh, Jalapeno cheddar was there at the tailgate on Sunday. They're great for happy hours, school lunches, all-natural meat sticks, hard smoked for eight hours, 16 grams of protein per meat stick, and they are the perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest, jalapeno cheddar, spicy chili. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're from recipes that have been generations in the making, and because they're all-natural, they deliver a a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigeration section at Costco, Sam's Club, or any of your local Chicagoland grocery stores. So right now, when you order three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks are free. All you have to do is use the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat.
3: Yeah, I mean, we talk about Green Ridge Farm. We've been talking about it forever because we've had them at the tailgates. Yeah, they're good. And, uh, you know, the meat sticks are awesome.
2: And, again, um, a Chicago company. Right. Why, why in a city like Chicago would you get your meat from some company that's in Wisconsin? You think Wisconsin's got better meat than mm-hmm. Chicago? No. Come on, don't be ridiculous. Green Ridge Farm. Not even cheese. Green, Green Ridge no, Farm cheese that's is right.
1: Better. Absolutely.
2: I hope
3: you're a meat guy, Greg, because we're going to talk about meat a lot on the show. Yeah.
1: yeah. Love it. You love, if you're you in, love it. it
3: <laughs> I, I know you're a big Illini fan, Greg, and, like, It's so cold here in Chicago that I'm considering, you know, flying out to Vegas to watch Illinois beat up on UCLA on Friday. And, like, I might log on to game time and buy tickets because I can just wait till the very – I can fly to Vegas and then get on game time right before tip-off and see how cheap these tickets are because that's what game time – why game time is the best. You know, game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals – on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows, ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls, Blackhawks, the Bears, probably. Um, I think I named all the teams. Illinois, like I said. Uh, Mizzou if you're down there Illini Hoops coming up Illini Hoops, yes, basketball school Uh, Created by the fans for the fans Guarantees the lowest price If you love CHGO Then you'll love Game Time The best way to support us is by buying your tickets Through the link in the description Here on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast version It's all in the description Join over 15 million people Who have downloaded the Game Time app And score the best seats to all your favorite events
0: you know, Cody, I'm looking now at game time and you can get tickets to see the Michigan Wolverines play the oh boy. fighting Illini go. at Michigan right. Stadium this Saturday. Mm. If you wanted to watch Michigan well, football, well, the Illini. That's, that's a, a, a no situation
2: for you, Corey, because if as as they beat the cover. Illini, we're all as as like, like we whatever, cover. if they lose, <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> day of your uh, life. That as long we're as just they hoping cover. They're to cover. Lose. We're, we're
3: hoping <laughs> to cover in the big house. It doesn't happen Good teams often, win. But great
1: teams cover.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. See, Greg did, knows. We did not cover. We're just trying I guess, to cover Tennessee on Saturday.
3: <laughs> and again, we lost our va- we lost our uh, our badge of being a football school two weeks ago when they lost to Michigan State. Basketball we're, school.
2: Basketball until, school until, until, until further, further notice.
3: Noted. Until yeah. further notice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Cody and I won't be speaking when Michigan and Illinois playing basketball. I think that's going to go poorly. Well, like you with Herb in the Brazil office, in too, I'm like Just public enemy go. number one no. sometimes let it around go. here. Right, it happens. All right, yeah, so that I, Chicago, I knew the guy. chat
2: was going to get to this eventually. Like, we talked a little prospects, and now everybody's starting to fire in that John Paul Morosi is all but guaranteeing yeah. Correa to the Cubs will happen.
1: And, say that and, and,
2: and, So a lot of people are saying, first of all, I will say this. There are names that go through Twitter from reporters that I know that I don't trust <laughs> because I know they're just being either A, used by front offices or they're just throwing it out to increase their – and I'm not naming names, I'm just saying, but it does exist. Yeah. J.P. Morosi is not one of those guys. Mm-hmm. No, He is not fooled by f- front offices. So there, where there, there is smoke, there is fire on this. I'm not saying it's a done deal. I'm just saying – He's one of the names that I trust.
0: So he was on the MLB Network while we're on the air, so mm-hmm. I I can't listen to this. But right, right. going through the replies to the MLB Network tweet and some people are quoting it with what he said, uh, it sounds like he basically took a shot at the Cubs for taking some years off of spending and said that this would be the year he believes they finally act like the big market team that they yeah. are is one of the quotes I believe... That he said, I'm trusting people on Twitter who are putting things in quotes. So <laughs> if he didn't say that, don't blame me. Uh but <laughs> he is also really in on Carlos Correa to the Cubs. Uh, I don't think he guaranteed it, but right. it sounds like yeah. he's very again. They're heavily linked. I think yeah. he said that Turner and Correa are the Cubs yeah. top two candidates and he believes it's Correa. Yeah, but- Assuming
2: that's true. Before we get to the Super Chat,
4: I want to ask Greg, because, you know, obviously you're a prospect guy, but you also care about the Major League team. So when you get to, like, free agency and stuff, and and you, you, you read the rumors, but as a guy who, again, obviously you want the Major League team to do well, but as a guy who also wants to see these minor leaguers succeed... Like, how do you kind of balance like wanting the Cubs to get a guy like Carlos Correa, but also wanting Ed Howard to have the chance to be a shortstop when the time eventually comes, and all this kind of stuff? Because you care about these these minor leaguers who are coming up that you've watched, you know, for years.
1: So when you're when you're signing when the Cubs are going out and signing a guy like Correa or signing a top talent, it's like, all right, that that's. That stands by itself, I feel like, to a certain degree. You know, I mean, it, you're, you're not going to, instead of being hopeful for any type, any prospect, I'm not even going to say it doesn't matter who it is, any prospect, you can go out and get Carlos Correa, you go out and get Carlos Correa. You know, So that that's kind of a different story. I, I think for years there, there were a good five to eight years where the Cubs were going out and getting back, like some pretty crappy back into the rotation starters. And they were blocking potential – pieces that were coming up through AAA that could have been that number five starter. We're not talking, they, they weren't signing number two, they were signing a whole bunch of number fives and number sixes. Mm-hmm. And that frustrates me to a certain degree, because I feel like you're not putting faith and you're not trusting your prospects that you've spent a lot of time and money to develop throughout their minor league careers. So that, that's where I, I get kind of, kind of upset during the the free agency period. But um, I think you can also use free agents as a way to ease Ease prospects into the mix at the major league level. I think that uh, Corey and Brendan. I think you guys were talking about uh, Jose Abreu on on when you guys were together last, and uh, that's a great example of easing Matt Mervis in. You got Jose Abreu, who's getting older, who's a right-handed bat, who can play first base in DH. You got Matt Mervis, who's a young prospect coming up, who can play first base in DH, who's a lefty, and just needs eased into the major league mix. So you can. Play the free agent market to your advantage with prospects as well, and I think that Jose Abreu is a really good example with Matt Mervitz of that.
2: And like when you talk about Correa, and we've we've done it till we're blue in the face about Nico Horner plays shortstop, but you don't you have to keep adding great talent. He'd be that guy. The perfect scenario is what the Astros had. It wasn't that Correa wasn't a great player. They got to the point where he could become a free agent, and they had Pena waiting in the wings. That's yeah. what you want to do. Yeah, right. You want to have Correa on your roster, win a World Series with him, and then have Christian Hernandez float up the roster and be like, well, we can lose Correa at this point. And then you either let him walk away or you trade him or you move him to third base. or you." That's that's how you build a great team that's good for a long period of time is to have not get rid of those prospects by trading them away for one great star. Sign the free agents that you need to. Don't let the deal be so outrageous that it hampers you for Doing anything in the future, which by the way should not happen with the Cubs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they haven't been spending and they got tons of money. So if Correa is if Correa is the guy, or if Turner is the backup plan, either way, I'm all about it.
0: Uh, you- I do. We do have some news here. It's a minor deal, but actually, Shane in the chat was correct on this. Uh, this is from Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. I'm. I've double-checked this. This is the real writer. (laughs) I know Twitter is a little weird at the moment. Um, The Rays have a deal in place to trade Mastroboni. Greg, I don't know if you want to correct my pronunciation on that. Miles
1: Mastroboni. Actually, the Cubs had his brother in the system for a while.
0: Okay. Uh, The return would be a Class A pitcher. If completed, uh, that would open one of the several spots. He's talking for the Rays. Mark Topkin is a Tampa Bay Rays writer. Uh, well, so this is good that we have Greg here because I have never heard of this man. Nope, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> help help yeah, us out here, Greg. Yeah,
1: I, he he's been he's hit pretty well in the minors. Um, and Miles Mastroianni is, is a second baseman. I, I, I think he's yeah. I was gonna say I think he's a second baseman, but okay. he might play some outfield. I think potentially. Uh, I think mostly second base though. Mm-hmm. And 26. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 interesting. I I I, I expected. These straight, like we were talking about earlier on the show, I expected these trades to kind of come in the form of, um, kind of trading, exchanging Rule Five eligible guys. So that could still be the case if it's a if it's a single A guy. Like I said, Jake Reindl was in single A, um, so that might be a, a potential fit there. That's going to be interesting.
4: Yeah, it's second base. Um, he did play some outfield. <laughs> uh, but twenty seven years old. Um, kind of seems like a guy who's. Just the guy that the Rays probably don't plan on picking up anytime soon or bringing up anytime soon. That's what it feels like, a guy that's that old that hasn't gotten that shot yet, I guess. If I remember
1: right, he has a pretty good hit tool. Um, so he's it, more like hit over power for sure, and that kind of lines up with the second base profile. But uh, I, we've seen the the Cubs kind of like to go after these guys recently. We, we have Nick Madrigal. We have Nico Horner that are the hit first uh, tools. Mm -hmm. Um, he kind of this a little bit because I know he's gotten a taste of the big leagues it reminds me a little bit of like acquiring Zach McKinstry at the deadline or not quite the deadline but this this year where Zach McKinstry was a guy who absolutely tore it up in the minor leagues and then when he was in the bigs with the Dodgers just did not do as well didn't do very well at all so this feels very similar to that kind of acquisition with Miles Masterbund
2: it also sets off the alarm in my head thinking okay is this a move to replace the depth that you have at that position if somebody if McKinstry's no longer with the team, or if Madrigal's moved, or if Morell has moved. Like, are, are the, where do they envision this guy going at that log jam, and who's the piece that would be moving out potentially that might coincide with it? We do have a super chat we need to get to. Lil Yumper, Lil Yumper. said guy. that, you know, he noticed that there was a lot of Correa talking. He said, is, is Cody willing, ready to be heard again? I'm uh, Yeah, I'm ready to be heard again. I'm putting my, (laughs) I've put
3: my, uh, my, you know, all my faith and my, my hopes and dreams of this roster being better out there. Um, and I have said that there is no excuse for the Cubs to not be in on one of these four shortstops. I found myself standing Dansby Swanson yesterday. I mean, I've gone to levels. I never thought I'd reach little yumper. Uh, so, yeah, if they don't get one of these guys, I'm, I'm going to be very hurt.
2: You these said are, you'd be mad, but so what about mm-hmm. the flip side? Let's say mm-hmm. they do get Correa. Let's just devil's advocate. They get Correa in the next 48 hours, and they sign Carlos Correa. Is it already a successful offseason? No matter what else happens, if they get Correa to play short and Nico moves to second and you have Mervis slash whoever right. at first –
3: I would say you already yes.
2: considered it's at least well what grade would you put the free agency at?
4: I'd put it at a B minus. I was gonna say B minus. At least B the minus. beginnings of a great offseason. It's the beginning
2: of at a great le- offseason. I go at least a B. And
3: and you're setting the tone. I mean, I've said it way too many times now. <laughs> setting the tone, you're telling the fan base that you that you're gonna try to be be a good team, and you're letting the division know like, hey, we're back. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's setting the tone. That's what the Cubs need to be. like. Yeah, I, there's obviously a lot of holes to still fill, but if you sign a guy like the talent level of a Carlos Correa in the next 48 hours before
2: anything else, oh, my God.
0: I don't think I, it would <laughs> already be, and I don't think you could stop at saying that was a successful offseason.
2: I'd consider it a pretty good one because I also think whatever happened, if they were to sign Correa or Turner, either one of them in my opinion, it also makes your job much easier of trying to convince one of those starting pitchers and sure. or Jose yeah. Abreu, whoever you might target, is to say, "Listen, you're not going to waste away the, the last couple of years of your career playing at Wrigley Field in a in a, just an average organization. Look, we just added Correa, yeah. and this is not where we're stopping. We're going to be in the hunt."
0: I guess I, I'm I'm with JJ in the chat. Like it, that's the move they need to make first. But, mm-hmm. make but, that the first but if move. you told me that was the only thing they were going to do, the only like significant thing, right. I would have that similar question to JJ. I would say like, look, it's a great move. I want them to play in that elite talent pool. It's mm-hmm. what this organization should be doing. It would just be a weird place to stop. Like Carlos Correa is not making the 2022 Cubs better than the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. And you don't have to go crazy. You don't have to like trade the entire system to make 2023 the the year that you're going all in for it, but you could make a couple other moves and then you'd be like, okay, yeah, we've unlike last year, this is a really competitive
2: smiley and a couple of other smaller names, but you also have that headliner in Korea or Turner, whoever it might be. I think you have to be at least pretty happy about it because it's like what Greg was saying earlier in the podcast. I'd rather see them add to this franchise through cash right now than I would rather see them go out and just give away a bunch of the prospects that they just built up in the farm system right that I don't want to put yeah. words in your mouth but that's what yeah. you are saying Greg right
1: yeah and and yeah exactly well and I think that oh, using the free agent I mean wh- Corey, what's your motto with the way you look at the the free agent market over the course of the entire of the entire off season right where you have to oh, view the yeah, entire yeah. thing
0: judge it in its totality um,
1: okay there you go. yeah that's what I'm looking for that's what I'm looking we can't for I not do that. And I, we, I can't wait for that, that. that, that that's important here, right
3: that's um, kind of like whenever the Cubs traded you Darvish, and I was one of the only people who didn't freak out because I was like, okay, I'm going to wait till the end of the off season and see how things worked
0: out. And then they didn't do anything, and and now everyone's justified. Yeah, but I I, I think that. I think it's always worthwhile to yeah. see what they're going to do. Yeah, a right? so trade, and that was kind of the thing. Stuff. Like they absolutely have to play in this shortstop pool. And mm-hmm. when Brendan and I talked about that, I wasn't taking another position, but I was just saying like. If they missed on all of them, wait and see if there is anything else that Jed could Mm -hmm. possibly do. Who becomes available via trade, et cetera. It's very difficult to see how they would do that. Right. you just never know, right? Like sometimes stuff happens that, you know, we weren't expecting them to sign Stroman. I remember that happened. Uh, last winter and like we got a rumor like an hour before it happened and before that it was everybody saying the opposite of what they're saying now they're not signing anybody they're not spending any money they're cutting payroll again you know jesse rogers was saying all of that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you know then they get stroman they come back from the lockout they get saya wasn't enough but yeah i'm just always an advocate for just spending. relax and let, you know you don't want to just right like this guy yeah. they got from the rays that's not the only move they're going to make. There's no reason to react to that move with any we'll sort see. of strong. Master Boney. Master yeah. Boney. Uh, Greg. That's what yeah. I think it is. Switching gears a
4: little bit here. Um, report, Careful with that. Report from uh, Jesse Rogers <laughs> um, that Wilson is declining the qualifying offer today. I um, think that was sort of the expectation already uh, moving on. But um, one, just I guess your gut reaction, again, as a Cubs fan, of uh, seeing that. News and kind of knowing this is probably the end, um, but also too, what are the Cubs going to do at catcher? They may bring in a free agent, but they also, I mean, Miguel Amaya, Moises Ballesteros Like, where where is this organization at in terms of replacing what Wilson brought to the table?
1: Yeah, I I said it when when the Cubs ended up not trading Wilson at the deadline that if they don't extend him that it was just a colossal failure right because what you're saying is that his trade value is only worth the return uh the compensation pick in the draft from not or from him declining the the qualifying offer here and it's why maybe i'm just completely misvaluing wilson Contreras and that he is not worth more than the comp pick in the draft but it feels like you can get way more than that in in the on the trade market and so that this whole thing with Wilson Contreras from from the beginning of the from a couple of years back now I guess dating back that long it's just been so so strange and so and now you look at the the free the the projections in terms of how much that he might get if he's getting four years to eighty million if he's getting three years I think that that Kylie McDaniel had him like three years fifty million or something like that like not a whole lot and if you're not signing Wilson Contreras back at that amount of money even the four over eighty then. It's really strange what this team is doing, um, especially when you're looking at the the way the catching is set up in in the Cubs farm system right now. I know that you wouldn't use Wilson Contreras if you signed him as your catcher 150 games a year. That's not that's not what you can do long term to get his offensive value. But um, I think that the Cubs would go in next year and and probably with using Jan Gomes, using P.J. Higgins, and then bringing probably a third catcher in at some point. At that at that style you're going with like kind of punting on offensive production at the mm-hmm. catcher catcher position having a catcher in yon gomes that works well with the pitching staff and there's a lot of value in that obviously that that, that has value but if you're doing that you got to go out and get some bats on the free agent market if you're mm-hmm. if you're punting wilson Contreras's offensive <laughs> production then and i think that's the big thing with these big four shortstops right i th- at, le- at least three of the four big shortstops where you, you have a good defensive shortstop in Nico Horner, but you're not getting one of these shortstops because he plays defense better than Nico Horner. You're getting mm-hmm. one of these shortstops because he can match. You're getting him <laughs> because Carlos Correa is one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. The same goes for Trey Turner. Um, Xander Bogart, Bogarts has been very good offensively and really like improves your entire lineup if you sign him. So it, it, just, it brings the importance of getting offensive talent in free agency if you don't bring back Wilson Contreras. Because going that route with catchers in a vacuum, going that route with catchers is totally fine. But look Mm -hmm. at like the the Astros, right? The Mm -hmm. Astros did that with Martin Maldonado, but they also had a a whole lot of really good hitters around them, so it didn't really matter that you're punting on the nine spot in the order.
3: That's kind of how I felt about it since, you know, since all the, the information that came out after the deadline about how teams were viewing it. And, you know, then we hear the after the World Series, that. The Cubs and the Astros were, you know, they had a trade for Contreras and front office, all that stuff. Not just the Cubs, but the Astros' front office uh, got blocked by their own owner. But I've kind of just – you're right. The comp pick is definitely not enough. And the only way the Cubs can make this up is by bringing in offensive, bat, like, bats. they got to bring in some bats, too. Because it's it's pretty much riding on the wall that they want to go more defensive – with the catcher position. So if you're going to do that, you got to bring in some bats to replace that production cuz I I've just gotten to a point now where I feel like you're not going to miss him like we probably are going to like we've missed other guys that have gone in my in my opinion. And so if you if the only way that I feel like we would though is if they did not uh, do what Greg said in terms of just go getting some bats. Because I, I can be okay with the Cubs going full defensive on, at the catcher position, but you've got you to gotta replace that offense.
2: I, I think – and the difference between what, what you're saying and what the chat is saying is, like, I, I think what we're all trying to say is if the Cubs have decided he's not worth $20 million a season, uh, nobody has a problem with that. The problem they have is that at the trade deadline, they didn't get more than a compensation pick at this point because yeah. – is that because they tried to take this Astros thing to the finish line and then they were like oops we're out of time because they were juggling too many things at one time that may be the case we just don't know i mean something seems like and the Astros just fired the
3: Astros just fired their GM and whoever else yeah. what over the weekend right so like and i it's i don't really know why other than the fact that he got they only offered him like a one year extension or whatever um so there's a lot of issues yeah. with that, but like that entire story that passing came out with after the World Series is really interesting. And so clearly the Cubs did try to trade him. It's just like their best deal was with the Astros, and the Astros said no. And so I guess on one hand you can say yeah maybe Jed waited too long, like you're yeah. you're questioning, it's possible. or or maybe maybe you know maybe there really was no other value. I mean the Which Mets would be crazy. The Mets have to regret not going and getting him or Hap. Based off how things played out after after the season, but I mean, or after the second half of the year, but I mean, I don't know that we always thought it was going to be the Mets, and then to, to hear the story about the Astros at the end, not that it mattered, they won the World Series, but it's just to me, it's just going to be very interesting to see his his market because like I've I've remained pretty steady on this take of just I think as long as they bring in some bats. To replace that offense, I just don't think we're going to miss him like we miss
2: some of the other guys that have gone. Well, Cody, you can still, you know, if he goes to the Cardinals, you can still get that Cardinals uh, Contreras jersey, or I'll get my (laughs) Cubs uh, Correa jersey, because Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to living room, north side or south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. When Correa hits, you're going to want that jersey. Here's where to get it. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports, merch and Collectibles, FOCO. Looking for that perfect football gift for the football fan in your life? Maybe a Justin Fields jersey? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight the Lake Michigan breeze, too. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Correa jersey, if they yeah. sign him, will be a hot jersey this winter.
4: And then, if you get it, and then you get to next football season. Yeah. Still. So hopefully, you know, one of our tailgates is still going to be warm out. And then you can you, know, you can wear your Correa jersey, if you want, to a Bears tailgate while also playing with the cornhole boards we got from Chi-Town Cornhole. That's right. Right? Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Uh, corn, the cornhole boards, I say bags, so saying cornhole is uh-huh. still kind of weird, right. but we'll go with it. We're uh, in the Midwest, the, it's bag. The cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed on the back, LEDs that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. It's veteran-owned and operated. They can ship the, uh, the boards anywhere, and all, and they do offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, Wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, shytowncornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at shytowncustomcornholeboards. Cornhole Boards. Greg, bags or cornhole? What do you think?
1: They must have a really good product considering it's really called bags. Yeah, right? Okay. So. There you go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll ride with it. As long as they're, it's because the snail's you know, C in Chicago, C in cornhole has to be why. Because everyone here says bags. I don't know right. anyone from it Chicago is. that says cornhole. Mm-hmm. Like, but we'll, we'll 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 ride with it because they they're really good. <laughs> yeah, Missouri is the first time I ever heard cornhole. But, they would say cornhole in Missouri. Yeah, but well, they also they also <laughs> like Listen, they don't say trick or treat. They tell like jokes to get God. candy on Halloween. What an awful, school. that's bizarre. On. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh,
2: Mike Dubb says Mastroboni sounds like an Italian beef kind of guy. Already has a Chicago field to it. I was thinking already. <laughs> I don't know if we can get him hooked up with Green Ridge Farm. Maybe a sponsorship there, or you know, he could be the spokesperson, or maybe Portillo's, mm. Mastroboni, yeah, Mastroboni
4: beef, <laughs> Ma- Mastrobona I mean, beef. Oh, bona oh. beef.
2: There you go. Mm. It's too easy. No. Oh, it's, it's too easy. way too easy. It's too easy. If I were, if you're his agent, you got to get on that. <laughs> uh, what about what about the uh, report that? Um, Tom Ferducci said that he thinks Philadelphia and St. Louis will get one of those premier shortstops. Do, do, you, do you really think that like, first of all, <laughs> that take that would take two off the list and you'd be thinking, well, the Dodgers are gonna need somebody like mm-hmm. the trickle down effect yeah. would be that some of these other big name teams would also I don't And know, that I, if if that were the case, again, a reason for the Cubs to be the first domino to push, because if that is the yeah. case and those two teams sign, then whoever is paying for that last Free agent is going to be way overpaying yeah, most likely. Curious, what I do you think? What do you think, Greg?
1: When, when was the last time the Cardinals signed any type of free agent ever? I mean, like it, it, it might happen, <laughs> but it would go way out of the like ordinary Cody's. for them. You know what I mean? I mean like it's, it's
2: Cody's formula.
1: It's it just doesn't make sense. Like I I I haven't seen them do it for the past however many years. So, but at the same time, the Cubs haven't done it for the past few years either. So, <laughs> I don't know. I. I that's just that that doesn't seem like the cardinal way, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. I've seen cardinals
4: people You're saying making that, making my hair stand up. I really right? have seen cardinals <laughs> oh, people man. say that, like, that doesn't happen. Like, that I, I've actually seen that that's not the cardinals way of cardinals people the, have said that on, yeah. Play, like, and, yeah. I mean,
1: even at the trade deadline, too. Like, they don't they don't acquire big trade pieces at the deadline either because like they're just more than more than content just sticking with whatever roster they have yeah. and getting into the playoffs and calling it a day. You know, I, I just that that's not the cardinals don't make these big splash moves and because they rely on bringing up brandon donovan or whatever the hell his name was lars new runs and lars new bar and guys like that and and that's how they thrive
3: yeah the phillies though makes sense i mean they, they've shown to spend money so they're, they're the one team of the what verducci said that i'm like oh boy but he was already like someone already said that they're all in on trey turner right but you know we're gonna see we'll see how much they're willing to pay i i i i'm with you though greg like First it was Contreras, now it's like, oh, the Cardinals are gonna get one of the shortstops. If any, if, if there's any free agent that stupid franchise should be doing is going after a pitcher. They need a, they need pitching, dude. They they like they they definitely they're, need that. not. They're gonna them. go back and, and resign Jose Quintana. Yeah. Call it a day. I'm not trying to give them <laughs> ideas, but maybe they should just, I don't know, use their brain. Like <laughs> let let the Cubs get who they need uh, and like go away. I, I just I. I've been very triggered by Cardinals' Twitter the last couple of days. People keep sending me DMs of like their dumb fan base sending, sending dumb tweets and it, I'm very triggered, very triggered and I'm ready I I, tell. I need the Cubs to just win 95 <laughs> games next year and and and, and beat them somehow some way get good luck with out that. of the playoffs. Do Jed, do Jed game? and
0: Carter know what they're doing to Cody? <laughs> no. This poor I, man.
2: No. Come on, no. Jed. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, by the way, uh, this has been fun, but I keep getting the rap signal from Lawrence in the background because we have another Lawrence podcast coming up. Uh, I, first of all, I want to thank Greg. Greg, you're welcome here anytime you want to come on. In fact, we love to have you on as much as you would love to come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if, ever, come if, you're Chicago, if you're ever in yeah, Chicago. If you ever in Chicago. Cubs on yeah, Deck I'm, podcast. So go ahead and subscribe. Get all your Cubs stuff that you can. They'll be talking about good stuff, too. Uh, you can also follow Greg on Twitter at-, at out of the vines is that still the twitter handle correct
1: yep still out of the vines we're trying to get the the show kicked off and get get rolling and um like i said brian smith is going to be my co-host more times than not Uh, greg zumac will be on co-hosting with me sometimes and then when it's neither of those two guys, it'll be the uh, minor league broadcasters uh, for the Pelicans, the South Bend Cubs and the Iowa Cubs that there you go. Uh, they'll hop on and co-host with me. So, and then uh, Cody, when I get him on that one time.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, sounds good. Thanks. Anytime you have Max Bain on, just invite me.
1: There you go. Hell yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> sounds good. And by the way, we will, we will have emergency podcasts as soon as any big Cubs offseason moves. Mm. Happens so, like Master Boney, we're not going to do a, a special podcast. <laughs> but if Correa were to sign, <laughs> you can expect an emergency podcast here at CHGO. Uh, the rest of us for Twitter uh, at Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody underscore CHGO, Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera, and Corey underscore Cubs. Uh, thanks for following. We have a special guest coming in tomorrow. We're coming on tomorrow, yep. is right? Tommy Haddaby, pitching Twitter. coach, gonna, pitching gonna, coach on the Chicago we're Cubs. It on Twitter.
4: Uh, Yeah, he'll be on tomorrow, 120. So you already said it. Never
2: mind. Be there, 120. 120 Greg, thanks for your time. We appreciate it, bud. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Have a great night and fly the W.